recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. Take these broken wings, it's Mr. Mister. Broken wings. Son of a beasting. Chris. I thought it was about a tree falling. I thought I was talking about a person going down. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Carmella. My vodka is telling me that no, they didn't. And the answer is yes, they were in 1854. You lied to me. Ben. Jonathan was literally, he was literally about to break things. He wasn't kidding. He was about to get it from his desk and destroy something valuable. (laughs) And the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now here's your host, Jonathan Oaks. All right, welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan, and I am here today with Mr. Ben Young. Hello, Ben. Hello. I am here today with Miss Carmela Smith. Hello, Carmela. Hello, everyone. I am here today with Miss April Calvaro. Hello, April. Hello. And I am here today with Mr. Andrew Thomas. Hey, Andrew. Good morning, Jonathan. Welcome to the show, guys. So before we go any further, we got to tell people who you guys are and what you do. So April, let's start with you. Introduce yourself, please. I live in San Francisco, and I am a librarian for San Francisco Public Library. I love librarians. You guys do God's work, let me tell you. Oh, we really do. Uh, you it's, really it's rough. do. And it's 7 in the morning, 7.30 in the morning where you are right now. So thank you so much for getting up early to join us. You know, the, the things we do for trivia. <laughs> so many of those things all right andrew what about you my man well i live in st paul minnesota it's only 9 30 where i am so it's a little more bearable i'm a statistician by training i do a little bit of trivia that's one way of putting it a little, yeah. uh okay uh and i was delighted to meet two-thirds of the jacksonville group who's there right now at geek bowl last month and that was a splendid time that i really enjoyed so uh andrew and i were actually on the same team together Yes, and so I, I had deep, intimate experience with Andrew as we played. And I got to tell you, Andrew's phenomenal guy. Oh. <laughs> He's a fantastic player. <laughs> it's all, it's all state-dependent memory and alcohol, Jonathan. That's uh, how it all works. <laughs> uh, whatever works for you, brother. Whatever works. All right. So, guys, before we get going on Warm It Up Chris, I have to tell you something. Rambo's over there looking innocent right now, right? Oh, he is so adorable, though. Yes, he tried to kill me last night. Good boy, Rambo. <laughs> what? Good boy. He, twice. Okay, so the first time, the first time I was sound asleep. I mean, I was hardcore sleeping last night. And all of a sudden, I wake up and I'm gagging. I'm retching. And, you know, you wake up out of a sleep and you're confused, right? You don't know what's going on. All I know is I feel like I need to vomit. And I, I don't I wonder why I don't know. if <laughs> no, no. Well, see, this is funny, but not related. <laughs> Carmel is Carmel is pointing out the fact that we did record a after dark episode last night. And that might be why. But no, it was because I, I wear a, a BiPAP, which is like a CPAP when I sleep. And that creates a, a like a chamber of air that's that's being pushed out and pushed back in, pushed out and pushed back in. And it smelled like death. 
and it was stuck <laughs> in this in this um, chamber. So every breath I took smelled like like the worst thing I've ever smelled. And I look and I'm like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And I'm clawing at this mask, trying to get it off. And I look over, and Rambo is sitting on the side table where the CPAP machine is with his rear end directly on top of the CPAP. <laughs> Apparently, he had just used the restroom and came and decided to sit on top of my CPAP so that I could enjoy the smell of his restroom. And so it got locked into that thing, and I'm breathing it in and out. And I mean, I, I almost vomited. It was so nasty. That was that that's, was bad. That's sitcom worthy, Jonathan. Yeah, well, you've no idea how bad that was, man. So the second thing, <laughs> when I sleep, sometimes I lay on my back. And if you guys have cats, maybe even dogs, you know, if you lay on your back, a cat's like, hey, that's a bed right there. And so they jump up and they try and sleep on your chest. So Rambo does that all the time. And I've learned, okay, well, if I put a pillow on top of my chest when I'm laying on my back, if he does that, no big deal. It kind of, it, it evens it out and I don't have such a hard time breathing so apparently he started slipping off the pillow last night that was laying on my chest and what does a cat do when they start slipping they start grabbing so rambo grabs my chest with his claws as he's sliding off of this tall pillow and he's so he's he's like sliding off a cliff and pulling my skin back with it. Oh my god. Oh. Oh my god. My, it's like I'm asleep. Once again, I'm asleep and all of a sudden it's like searing pain. Ah! <laughs> oh my god. It was I was like this is within 2 hours of each other and I was in no I needed my sleep. Yes. Oh, Rambo. I would like to say Team Rambo. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> this is why I do not own pets. Oh, the, these my stories god. right here. This is exactly why. It was awful. So that's that's enough about Rambo. But Rambo was uh, not a good boy last night. Are you guys ready for warm it up, Chris? I am. I'm about to. <laughs> He's about to be ready. Okay, here we go. So it's time to warm it up. A trivial warfare today, and there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA, and that's Chris. And sometimes Jonathan. This Warm It Up Chris question comes to us from Tim Handley. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Tim sent us a list of all of the toys inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame since its founding in 1998. The list has been narrowed down to only toys that have a registered trademark. So generic things like a ball or skates or whatnot are not going to be on there, right? So specifically okay. trademarked things. For example, tra- playing cards would not be included, but Pokemon cards would. Except Pokemon cards are not on the list, so I didn't give anything away. Or and, did you? Oh, am I, I, I have saved somebody from it. Okay, so and I'll, I'll tell you that on this list you have, uh, I see electronics, I see board games, I see toys, that kind of stuff. Okay. So we'll go around the room a few times and see who can name t- registered trademark toys in the National Toy Hall of Fame. Ben, we'll start with you. Uh, start with Slinky. It's Slinky. It's Slinky. It's on the list today. Good job. Carmella. Everyone loves Slinky. I'm going to go with Ben's favorite board game, Monopoly. Monopole is on the list. Good job. April. What about Simon? Hmm. Simon is not on the list. Oh, this is a great tragedy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Andrew. Uh, I'm going to go with the Nintendo Game Boy. Nintendo Game Boy is on the list, specifically the Game Boy. All right, Ben. I don't know how specific I need to be, but I'm going to go with Barbie. That is exactly how specific you need to be. Barbie is on the list. Carmella. Hmm. Well, Duncan makes these. I was going to say yo-yo, but I I don't know if that's generic. I think it's going to be too generic. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to go with something different. I'm going to say a bop it. Bop it. It's not on the list. Okay. And it's funny. That's the second Bop It reference I've heard in two days yeah, after not <laughs> remembering it for years and years and you years. You didn't have one of those? No. Shoot, no. no. Mm-hmm. I think it came out after my toy buying days. I don't remember that when I was a kid. April. Okay. I'm not sure if this is a trademarked item or not, but I'm going to say the hula hoop. Ooh, Ooh. hula hoop. You know, for kids. Hula hoop. Is on the list. Good job. Whoa, that was good. That was legit. Very good. All right, Andrew. All right, I'm going to go full nerd here and go Rubik's Cube. I don't know how you could miss it if you said Rubik's Cube because it is on the list. Good job. Yes. Full nerd. That's that's barely even half nerd. That's not Uh. full nerd. You're a half nerd. I'm no, I'm, I'm much more than that. <laughs> I'm at least four fifths. Four full fifths. <laughs> full fifths. Uh, I'm gonna go with Scrabble. Scrabble is on the list. Good job, Ben. This is the last nice. time around. Carmella. Hmm. Mr. Potato Head. Of course, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I think Mr. Potato Head and Hula Hoop are fighting to be the first one on that list. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, April. Last go. All right, I'm going to try Frisbee. Frisbee. Oh, no, that's on there. Good job. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well done. And Andrew, last one. I was going to go Frisbee, but April stole it. So <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta think for a second. I'm going to say the game of life, the board game, the game of life. The game of life. It might just be called life. It's called game of life. Good job. It's on the hey. list. A game I'm no good at. I hope I was yeah. in real life or otherwise. <laughs> Sad panda. Also on this list, this is a pretty extensive list. It's a cool thing. So you got the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Mm-hmm. These are ones you didn't name, by the way. Atari uh, Big Wheels. Okay. Oh, I loved Big Wheels, man. Uh, Candyland, Clue, Dungeons and Dragons is on the list, Ooh. which is weird to me. I didn't. I never considered that a toy. You know, it's a game. Yeah, I guess. Board game's a board game. Easy Bake Oven. I had Ooh, one of those. Okay. Etch-a-Sketch. Yep. Also had one of the those. Fisher Price Little People, which is different than a Weeble, I think. Because mm. Weebles wobble and they don't fall down. <laughs> Darn right. G.I. Ah. <laughs> uh, Joe, Hot Wheels, Lego, Lincoln Logs, Lionel Trains, Play-Doh, Radio Flyer Wagon, Raggedy Ann and Andy. Silly Putty, Star Wars action figures, Tinker Toys, Tonka Trucks, Twister, and Viewmaster rounds out the list. I believe that's Raggedy Andrew. (laughs) No, no, that's Raggedy Andrew. (laughs) That's an incredible list. Like, some... Sometimes we have warm up Chris questions where the list makes no sense at all. Everything on there absolutely belongs on there. That was a good list. I I totally agree. All right, guys, so for today's game, it's going to be Ben and Jonathan teaming up against Carmella and April. 
and Andrew is hosting. He's got his own questions. He's going to put us through the paces. So, Andrew, it is time for us to play the game. Play us. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is. This is Mr. Literateur himself, cordially inviting you to the game. This is six rounds of trivia goodness. Three questions per round. Every right answer gets you 10 points. In the middle, we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points. After round six, you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round. It's a series of theme-based questions we call the gauntlet. It's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't gonna play itself, players. Let's get it on. All right, so... I decided to come up with a theme for this game because oh. I like themes. Oh, no. No. But I, I don't think it'll be torturous. I think it'll be helpful. At okay. least I hope it will be. The theme is putting the, the, the TRI, the T-R-I, back in Trivial Warfare, although it probably never left. Because you guys always have a game that's organized with questions in groups of three, the theme is that every group of three questions has a common connection. It's triple and- decker trivia. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is, isn't it? I'm bad at that, by the way. I love that. Game. I mean, I'm good at answering the questions, but I'm bad at finding the themes. <laughs> well, this one, this one, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, non non point questions for everyone, just so it's clear what I'm going for here. Okay. There'll be a, a group of three that's in common for each group of three questions. So if you write it down, it might be easier to figure out what the theme is by the time you get to the third one. But you shouldn't need the theme to get the question right. Let's put it that way. Okay. So the first question is, the griffin is a mythological creature with the head of a lion. I'll accent that one for the sake of this. Head of a lion and the body of what bird? Uh, It's like an eagle. It is an eagle. All right. So that's your first question. Is the theme lions, lions, tigers, and bears? (laughs) No, but you're you're very close. (laughs) Actually, very close. And and here's why. Uh, Question number two here is, Tin Man was a miniseries adaptation of what L. Frank Baum story? Uh, Oz. Uh, Wizard of Oz, Oz, yeah. Yeah. Good miniseries. And the third one is uh, Jonathan Crane uh, was, yeah, what's DC supervillain and enemy of Batman? So your triple there is the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and and the Cowardly Lion. Okay, so we're not looking to name a separate theme. They are just three things that go together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it'll help if you figure it out in the first two. It'll help you on the third. Now the the theme on that one though. So the, in, in the second question, the Tin Man, which would be the third, which would be the character in the theme, was part of the question. Yes. So it could be. It anywhere. can be. It could be part of the question. It could be part of the answer. Okay. That that's okay. important. By the okay. way, we we mentioned triple decker trivia. We might as well give a shout out to June Pock, who is the author of triple decker trivia. Uh, some of us off on the side have had a ton of fun uh, getting online and playing that with each other. So thank you, June. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the the <laughs> when I did one of the games over in Boston, the theme was we didn't start the fire. <laughs> every every question had an answer that was related or was related to something mentioned, and we didn't start the fire and. It didn't help me at all, man. I, I spent more time thinking about the theme than the question. So it was bad. We're all standing behind you answering them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, piece of cake. David actually built a uh, tiny cards deck for We Didn't Start the Fire. Really? Nice. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. All right. Are we ready for question one? Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. 
Round one, question one. Your category is geography. 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 Which of the Canadian provinces or territories is known by the nickname The Rock? Again, question number one, geography. Which of the Canadian provinces or territories is known by the nickname The Rock? Stacy, help me. Yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, where are you? So whichever one where you can smell the cooking, that's probably the right answer. <laughs> Don't give away the theme, babe, the theme! You know that's where it's going to go. We're locked in. So, April. So, Carmela. There's uh, British Columbia. There's Saskatchewan. Yeah. There's yeah. Alberta. There's Labrador. There's Newfoundland. There's the Northwest Territories. There's Quebec and Ottawa. Those are all the provinces I know. Oh, that's not true. Is, uh, is you the didn't name Yukon? Ontario. You know Ontario. Oh, yeah, Ontario. So what helpful bit I can contribute at this very moment would be that I, I have a feeling that the name of the territory is not part of the the trifecta. Right. I think it's probably the rock yeah. that is the the related bit. So if it's something like Saskatchewan, <laughs> it doesn't have to actually relate to the other right. two things. <laughs> Again, shout out to Stacy. Presumably it's gonna be whichever the one that connects to the Rockies or the one that's just a huge rock. Uh, well, there's the Northwest Territories. There's a lot of rocks there. Uh, presumably Canada's full of rocks. Oh, yes, quite big. I don't really have anything meaningful to contribute right now. And I have no idea. So I think knowing as many Canadian provinces as I do kind of hinders me because I'm like, it could be this one or it could be this one or it could be this one. I'm I'm Newfoundland. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because that was, you know, it's kind of like a Plymouth Rock for the Vikings. <laughs> so that is equally as sensible as anything else that I'd be able to come up with. Okay. Canadian provinces is totally one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn these. I'm going to know all of the facts because it always comes up in trivia. And I just I never really got around to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Still on the to-do list. <laughs> so we're, we're going to say Newfoundland. Okay. okay. I used to support Canada in business. And so I made it a point to learn all the provinces and territories because I needed to be able to speak intelligently about them. And you guys just pretend that I knew the difference between Alberta and Saskatchewan a couple episodes ago because that's a thing. <laughs> so, Ben, we had similar logic to them for a little yeah. while. Yep. And um, we ended up going in a different direction, though. I suggested that it might be Quebec because Quebec kind of has had the desire to stand alone. They they don't necessarily want to be part of Canada. They want to be their own country. They're the Ayers Rock of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so so essentially, I thought that they might call themselves the Rock, uh, kind of the the French pride kind of thing. Uh, and so we ended up going with Quebec. They would call themselves Le Rock. <laughs> ROQ. Well, Jonathan, I like your your interesting approach to logic on that one. But Carmela, I like the fact that you backed into it even more correctly. The yes. correct answer is Newfoundland, wow. or more correctly, the Canadians, uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. So Ben had literally circled 
Newfoundland and Nova Scotia. He's like, so is there oh, any relationship? <laughs> is there any relationship to Plymouth Rock or like founding and that kind of thing? And I was like, eh, I don't know. Right? Yeah, we had no idea. Man, man, man. Okay, well, Yay, good job, lucky ladies. points. <laughs> I, I believe good it's, job, it's entirely because Newfoundland is just one big rock. Oh, awesome. and the, and so they took it as a point of pride. Okay, didn't know that either. I knew, I, a, a proper Newfoundlander can correct me on that, but that's my impression of it. Being an Ontario boy, is that so? You're that's saying how I came it's up a Newfound Rock? <laughs> yes, it's oh, a was Newfound. It? Was rock. newly exactly. <laughs> newly found a thousand years ago. Just found it just now. All right, uh, round one, question two. Your category is music. Music. All right. Nobody else is going to do it. Damn it! I was I was <laughs> expecting better, guys. All right. <laughs> Chris isn't here, man. I've never done that. I haven't either. It's not my jam. <laughs> the 1999 album, Running With Scissors, features the songs Grapefruit Diet, Pretty Fly for a Rabbi, and The Saga Begins. Which artist recorded it? Ben, we're locked in. Yep. Oh, right. We can do the talking thing. Yeah. I presume it's Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, that's got to be Weird Al. Yeah. So, Pretty Fly for a Rabbi? Yeah, that's Weird Al. Yeah. Committed? A hundred percent weirdo. That's that's the saga begins is the American Pie version of the Star Wars uh, saga. Ah, uh, so uh, yeah, that's that's a hundred percent weirdo. What's grapefruit diet? Grapefruit diet. diet. Get rid of the pizza and beer. Grapefruit diet. Get the belly out of here. So it's uh, the, the correct it's, answer is of course Weird Al Yankovic and Jonathan. Yo, the song, the, as you know, the song is. Uh, uh, Cherry Pop and Daddy's Zoot Suit Riot. That's what I was looking. I was trying to come up with the original. Yeah, which I uh, I had actually not heard until I listened to your show last year. You talked about it was a Weird Al episode or a lot of Weird Al. Put it on my on some sort of Netflix loop, and it came up, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I had never heard that one before. <laughs> That's fabulous. All right, uh, round one, question three. Your category is history. The pseudonym Publius was used by three men in the late 1700s to write a collection of 85 essays. By what name do we better know this collection? Again, the pseudonym Publius was used by three men in the late 1700s to write a collection of 85 essays. By what name do we better know this collection? Sorry, give me just a second. I, I'm, I'm like 99 on it. Well, that fits everything these. Oh no, I, I I'm just trying to make sure I've given the right name. My brain isn't fully comprehending everything right now, so I have to just double check myself. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, we're locked in. Hey, April Carmelo. Uh, so I 100% know this. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, John Jay wrote five. <laughs> uh, Madison wrote twenty-five, twenty-seven, I think. 29? 29. And Hamilton wrote the other 51. Oh, so it's it the is the Federalist pa- Papers. Yeah, papers. <laughs> I was thinking Federalist Papers, but I'm like, who other than Hamilton wrote those? <laughs> You're going to have, guys, if you, somebody posted a question or a thing that said, what do you, what TV shows or movies have you watched that help you with trivia? Guys, go watch Hamilton or listen to Hamilton because it's going to help your early American history. Mm-hmm. The answer is 100% the Federalist Papers. The answer is 100% the Federalist Papers. And the theme for that round, as I'm sure you can figure out by now. Oh, I didn't clues. figure it out. I didn't figure it out at all. Rock, paper, <laughs> oh, okay. scissors? Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, yeah. I didn't even put scissors and rock together. Yeah. <laughs> it's your famous trio for this round. All right. 
So you want to do a score check? At the end of the first round, Carmella and April have 30. Ben and Jonathan have 20. Ladies, that's right. a perfect game. Perfect. Don't jinx it. That soon. <laughs> All right. On to round two. Uh, your first question in round two is in literature. 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 The Godfather character, Mo Green, and the bulk of his biography were inspired by that of what real-life gangster whose role in the growth of Las Vegas included the construction of the Flamingo? We're locked in. Okay, April Carmelo. The only person I really associate with early Vegas is Bugsy Siegel. That sounds good. The only person I can that is coming to mind is Henry Hill, who was the guy from Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you just want to go with Siegel? Because I got nothing else. That sounds good to me. Yeah, we're going to say Siegel. Okay. Jonathan, Ben. When I think of Bugsy Siegel, the only thing that comes to mind is do it all legal from uh, Nothing But a Gangster Party by Snoop and Tupac. Okay. <laughs> but Warren Beatty did a Bugsy movie a while back, and I feel like there was connections to Las Vegas in that movie. I never saw the movie, but I feel like there was. So we ended up going with uh, Bugsy Siegel. All right. The correct answer is... Bugsy Siegel. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Incidentally, if you ever go to Las Vegas and you don't want to do any gambling, the Mob Museum there is fascinating. Really? It has a lot of the early growth, both the early growth of Las Vegas and the connection of the mob to it, yeah. as well as lots of investigation. It doesn't glorify it at all. It's just fascinating. Wow. It's on our full itinerary now. How about that? <laughs> That's really cool. So in, in next next year in Vegas, we'll, 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 we'll all to, go. We'll have to arrange an excursion. I, I think that would be well well worth it. All right. Round two, question two. Your category is sports. 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 The first coach of the Green Bay Packers had the first names Earl Lewis, or possibly Louie, because I don't. I had to get this question by reading, and the nickname Curly. What was his last name? My, my, my brain just hit like meltdown. What happened just now? Oh, no, you're, no, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, that's right. No, you're right, 100%. You got it. We're locked in. I'm sorry, I was, you're thinking about the other guy. Yes. In fact, (laughs) I looked at at what you wrote and saw the word I was thinking you were writing. That's how bad that was. So. (laughs) So they asked us a sports ball question? Yeah. (laughs) This is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, So I'm... Just by going off of the first question with Siegel, I am wondering if it's going to be something like Hannigan or Smolders or uh, Radner or Harris. It might be Harris. Do you, do you kind of get what I'm going for? No. So I mean, go, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm thinking Siegel like Jason Siegel. So I'm thinking of other actors from How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Because I have no um, other line into this. Yeah. The only Green Bay coach that I know is Vince Lombardi. And seeing as nobody else was like, well, duh, that's an easy question. <laughs> I guess that's not the answer. Yeah. So, hmm. I, I mean, Harris, you know, I, I love me, curly I love Harris. me some NPH. So, <laughs> no, it would be funny for Curly Harris because maybe he had curly hair. <laughs> oh, 
Paris. I like it a lot. I'm just going because it's funny. You know, when in doubt, pun. (laughs) So we're going to say Harris. All right, Ben, this is all you, bro. Yeah, so I was trying to think through this. Okay, first coach of the Packers. Okay, can't be Lombardi because his first name was Vince. And I was like, wait a minute. The Packers play at Lambeau Field. Maybe Lambeau is the answer. And and you show it to me, and I'm like, Curly Lambeau is a thing. (laughs) Yes, it is. Curly Lambeau is definitely a thing. (laughs) So we locked in with Lambeau. That's smart. And your instincts led you in the right direction. He, but although he did in fact have curly hair, his full name was Earl Lewis Curly Lambeau. Yes. Sport ball. Yeah. Had no idea. That <laughs> none. If, if I had had like time and forethought and coffee, like maybe that would have <laughs> happened. But uh, <laughs> I have I have none of those things. So. I don't know anything about Green Bay. It has water near it. Oh, good. Is that where the green Did comes from? Like no, it's where the bay is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bay part, definitely. All right, round two, question three. Your category is television. What comedian and writer, now famous for his work on two subsequent shows, famously quit his job at Saturday Night Live, only to turn up several days later as if nothing had happened? We're locked in. Okay, April, Carmela. His name's going to be Larry something. Oh, you caught the connection. Um, Larry Sanders, Larry, uh, I think of Gary Shandling. Um, I think of Gary Shandling. Um, yeah. <laughs> is it Larry David? Did Larry David ever write for SNL? He was the creator of Seinfeld. That, that yeah, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. So that would, that actually sounds really familiar to me. Yeah, his name's definitely gonna be Larry because it's Mo Green and Curly Lambeau. So his, his name's gotta be Larry. Yeah, so yeah, I'd, I'd 100% say Larry David. Larry David. All right. Ben, did we come up with the wrong name for the person that we both knew was the right person? It's possible. Oh, Jesus, this is bad. Guys, <laughs> we're going to skip the rest of this question. We're just going to give you the points. We're going to go on to the next question <laughs> because this is embarrassing right now. What did you write? Oh, we wrote Larry Sanders. <laughs> We knew we were talking about Larry David. We knew what he looked like. We knew who no, we apparently wanted. you were talking about Gary Shanley. We knew. I wrote down Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, my God. And I wrote down the Larry Sanders so, show here's the thing. on the paper. So, so here's it's partly my fault because the first thing you wrote down, I could not read. I didn't know what it was. Welcome to my world. Had I known that you were reading Curb, that you were saying Curb Your Enthusiasm, I would have been able to correct us then. So it's partly my fault, too. That's a lot your fault. I wrote Curb Your Enthusiasm on the paper. In Dude, Ben's defense, this, your handwriting This sucks. looks like this isn't any good either. Okay, so he writes Curb Your Enthusiasm. This literally looks like Cuban Einstein. That's what it looks like. I'm like Cuban Einstein. I I've never heard that, that show. <laughs> and then, of course, the Larry Sanders show. Everybody's heard of that. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's go Larry Sanders. Oh, my God. When, you, when she said Larry Sanders and Carmela just like didn't even look up. She just like, no, no, no. You're thinking of Gary Shandling. My heart said, oh, no. <laughs> what the f- What? Oh. Oh, it was bad, guys. All yeah. right. Well, to uh, just to prolong this a little longer, um, the plot of a guy quitting his job and showing up as if nothing had happened was featured from this writer's life right in an episode of Seinfeld. Right after he and afterwards, he then went on to create Kirby Enthusiasm. Your correct answer is Larry David. 
Yay! <laughs> oh, and God. That, that's... Gary Shandling was fantastic, and the Larry Sanders show was fantastic, and I also guarantee you that quit as if nothing had happened to show up the next day was a total Hank Kingsley thing to do, so <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you. That doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> All right. If only Larry Sanders was a real person. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's no Curly Harris, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the end of the second round, it is 50 to 40. Carmella and April maintain their lead. I'm going to buy a poodle, and I'm going to call him Curly Harris. <laughs> oh, amazing. <sighs> round three. All right. First question in round three is a movies question. All right. Alvin was the first name of a real-life man played by Gary Cooper in an Academy Award-winning role. What was the name of the movie, also by which we better know that person? Ben, I'm I'm sorry to tell you that I can't name a single Gary Cooper movie. I couldn't even pick him out of a lineup. So I'm humped on this one, bro. Just okay. FYI. So okay. we can talk about it, but it ain't going to be good on my end. The closest thing I have to knowing anything about Gary Cooper is his name is featured in the song Putting on the Ritz by Taco. <laughs> well, that's what I was just that's thinking That's what I was about. just thinking. <laughs> Super duper. Trying to look like Gary Cooper. Super duper. <laughs> oh, I know the answer. What? Um, <laughs> read the question again. All right. Alvin was the first name of a real life man played by Gary Cooper in an Academy Award winning role. What was the name of the movie? Also, by which we better know the person. We're locked in. I just got teary eyed over here. Oh, that felt good. <laughs> I, th- I hope I'm right. If it's not, I just wasted these tears for nothing. <laughs> So all I can think of are Jimmy Stewart movies. <laughs> That's where I started, all, too. All I can think of are Clark Gable movies. <laughs> Neither one of them are So here. it's hard for you guys to see Gary Cooper, too, that, then. It's At not least just she's, me. Got, she's closer to the initials with Clark Gable. No, <laughs> I mean, I know who he is. He's just, I don't like him. <laughs> um, but it's so I intentionally avoid his movies. movies. Yeah. An Academy Award winner. Alvin. Last Academy Award winning movie, presumably with either the title being a nickname or his last name. Right. I mean, something like The Jazz Singer, but not obviously not The Jazz Singer, but yeah. Uh, but something like that. Wings, it happened one night. It'd be really great if I could win. picture Gary Cooper. He's got like buggy eyes and a bad mustache. <laughs> So he looked like me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is screaming at the, at the oh, radio probably, right now. Probably. Uh, the radio. Listen to you. <laughs> phone. Whatever it is he's listening on. Because he's been going back and doing all the old Oscar movies and doing his oh, old really? Oscars. So. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's really cool. I'm just not in, in like the mental brain space to be able to pull this out. Right now, I just keep thinking of movies that are really not the answer. But it's really frustrating that Jonathan figured it out. Because what the hell, man? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even know who Gary Cooper... I mean, like, he... Still don't have any idea what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So this should be gettable. But I'm thinking of things like, you know, The Giant, but that was uh, James Dean. And it wasn't that it was just Giant. 
I think like the aviator. <laughs> that's, like, wait, no, that's a totally different thing. He was Rudy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rudiger. Rudy. 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 Alvin Rudy. <laughs> Who are some famous Alvins? Uh, there's the chipmunk. Yeah. That was the there's only thing Al- I could think of for Alvin. The only other one I could think of was Alvin Ailey, who is a ballet dancer. And uh, Alvin Brown, who was the mayor of our city. <laughs> That's the only other Alvin. Um, mayor Alvin Brown. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly I don't know either. And I, it's the first question of the round, so we have no line yeah. of thought. I'm pretty sure he was Canada McMaple Bacon. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oscar nominated. Yep. I mean, yeah, obviously won an Oscar. That's what I think. I think we should go with that. He was Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> All right, we don't Just, have an answer. Yeah, yeah. All right, Canada McBakel baking. It is easy for you to say. <laughs> Apparently, so when Ben and I were going through it, Ben says, "Okay, big movies, forties and fifties," and I I was starting to add a. Um, additional filter and that's when it hit me uh, so the additional filter was okay but it's going to be a movie with somebody's name in it because we we know him by this name so I'm looking for like a single name movie like Alfie or something like that right and then it hit me Alvin is the first name of Alvin York who's better known as Sergeant York so we we locked in with Sergeant York Dick York Dick Sergeant Sergeant York how did I never, how do you never see that Correct answer is Sergeant York. <laughs> Which is, oh. by the way, that Wayne's World quote is exactly how I learned about who Sergeant York was. It took some looking up. I still, like I said, I still don't know what Gary Cooper looks like, but Sergeant York, <laughs> first name Alvin, those things clicked for me as soon as it came around. Gary Cooper looks like a classically handsome gentleman, which is why he played the part. Ah. I'm sure that's, I'm sure there's more to it. Guys and pencils and mustache. Classically handsome. Got it. All right. Round three, question two. Your category is literature. 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 To feel it. The, the first of two characters to die in a novel named for the literal translation of the word Beelzebub was named Simon. What is that novel? I, I don't know in. that to be a fact, but I trust you. All right. April Carmella. Hey, did you happen to check this book out to anybody? Uh, maybe. I don't know what the book is. The literal translation of Beelzebub. First character to die. Some guy named Simon. Are you having any thoughts? Right now, the only thing I can think of is the Master and Margarita, but I don't think that's it. It's because that's, you know, the devil comes to Russia. And uh, a lot of people die in that book. (laughs) In very comical ways sometimes. (laughs) But I, I don't know what the translation of Beelzebub is. Me neither. Eber. Apparently, Ben does. Ben, yes. Well, Ben studies the devil. <laughs> devil. <laughs> oh, that's a devil. Foosball. 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 Paradise Lost? I don't know why a guy named Simon would be in there. But I believe Simon was one of the apostles. I believe there is an apostle named Simon. Yeah. So it's an old-timey name. True. Could be Paradise Lost. 
I just literally don't be Be Elzebub. I mean, I what's the literal translation of that? Watch it, bub. Uh, that's as good as I'm gonna get. If you got anything else, I was just thinking of the satanic verses. Yeah, I I've also never read that. Well, I've never read Paradise Lost, so I don't know who the characters are in it. I do know there is a character with Simon somewhere in their name in Master and Margarita, but it doesn't make sense for Margarita to be a trans- part of a translation for Beelzebub. Paradise yeah. Lost sounds better. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if you've had, maybe you've just never had a Margarita before. It's the but... easel part of Beelzebub. Yeah, it's kind of like getting punched in the face by a lime. Yeah. So, Paradise Lost? Sure. Alright, Paradise Lost. Okay. Alright, so... How do you know this? Because I, I, didn't, I didn't have like a, any input at all. You were like, this is it. I heard this in church once, um, long many years ago, that Beelzebub, the, the word Beelzebub, you know, so Baal meaning God or Lord, and Zebub having something to do with flies. It literally translates as Lord of the Flies. And I remember reading that book way back when I remember there was definitely a Simon and there was another character named Piggy. Piggy. Or, yeah. And yeah. Died. So we locked in with Lord of the Flies. All right. The first character to die in the novel was Simon. The second character to die was Piggy. And the novel in which they're contained possibly a reference to a, a cut off pig's head with uh, insects swarming around it was indeed Lord of the Flies. Well done, Ben. Yeah. That's well two. done. No, that's you. That's that one is worth it's so worth much. <laughs> that was a huge pull. You're, you're gonna give me triple. Tri- I give you. I give you extra credit in our personal <laughs> account on this game. Okay, I would like to save up some of that credit for the next game. <laughs> no, I've kind of blocked that book out. I didn't like it. Yeah, really. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't think I've finished it. I don't know, but it, it is a tough, tough read. It, it's hurtful. I love. I love that they make small children read it. Yeah. yeah, like, hey, there's kids in this book. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> like middle school students read, mm-hmm. and you know, which I they were talking about re- reading of any kind is great. <laughs> they were talking about doing like an all female reboot of Lord of the Flies. I said, if that was all women, that would, none of that would have ever happened. Would have been a different story. <laughs> none it would have been a different happened. story. So that so this is not necessarily related, but um, I watching Living Single once. Um, it was a Sitcom back in the mid '90s. Some of you may or may not have seen it, but um, we know what "Living Single" is. Okay, sorry, I don't know if y'all know this stuff or not. Anyway, so they were sitting around one day and they were saying, "I wonder what the world would be like with no men." And one of the women says, "It'd be a bunch of fat, happy women and no crime." <laughs> like, <laughs> hmm. I think there might be some truth. To- <laughs> All right, third re- question in the third round is history. What American president is the only one to ever receive the Congressional Medal of Honor, albeit very posthumously? I had to assume that's where you were going to go. Yeah, I think we should lock that in. Yeah, we're locked in. Okay. April and Carmela. Trying to find the link. What was the what was the third what was the first question? That again? was that was the uh, Gary Cooper one where it was Sergeant oh, York. Yeah. York. Yeah, York or Sergeant. Sergeant could be it. Uh, well, there's Lord of the Flies. Who would be given a Congressional Medal of Honor very posthumously? I mean, there are plenty of good presidents. Oh, yeah. But if it was like someone like Lincoln or... <laughs> It'd be funny if it was Washington and they didn't give it to like the 1900s because that would be very posthumously. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you know what the Congressional Medal of Honor specifically is given for? Not entirely. I know some people who have received it in the last couple of years. Is it just for you know, a good, good contribution to... I think so. There's their contribution society. To, to society. So, like, people like um, Joe Biden got it, and uh, if I'm thinking of the right medal. Yeah. Because there's the Congressional Medal of Honor, and I think there's the Congressional Medal of Freedom. Yeah. Or Presidential Medal of Freedom or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So it's probably going to be someone like Washington or Lincoln, though. Yeah, I agree. And if it's very posthumously, then it would be more likely to be Washington. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fine with that. Okay, want to go with that? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're gonna say Washington. Okay. So the connection was huge here. You did an imitation during the uh, warm it up, Chris, of somebody singing a song with a very high pitch. Do you remember what imitation that was? I was Im- Im- imitating uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin, Simon, Theodore. 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 So we, we both went Theodore Roosevelt immediately. The correct answer is Theodore Roosevelt. I wasn't looking at the names. Oh. I was looking at the titles. Yep. So I was thinking, yeah. like, you know, yep. Lord President I, or something. The, I, I think you guys were describing the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Yeah. Because uh, I think Congressional Medal of Honor is military. And so it I'm is. guessing okay. it's the charge up San Juan Hill that he might have got it for. So it was exactly the charge. It was technically, the, according to Wikipedia, the Battle of Kettle Hill, part of the San Juan Heights, so San Juan Hill related. He was nominated for the Medal of Honor during the war, but uh, the army officials who would put him up for it denied it to him out of spite. So, <laughs> oh. so in 2001, it was finally cleared, and he was, award- and he was awarded the Medal of Honor over 100 years after the fact. Wow. Wow. You talk about some good trivia. That's some good trivia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love good gossipy trivia, especially yeah. if it's historical. All right. Uh, that, score check. That is the end of the third round. That was a big swing. Coming out of the third round, Jonathan and Ben have 70. Carmella and April have 50. It is 70 to 50. All right. Your midpoint question is in movies. There are exactly four movies that have been nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture that are the third or later in their series. Uh, name them for five points apiece. And I'll give you a hint to narrow it down a little bit so you're not ranging too far. First of these movies uh, was released in the 1990s. The, the which one? The, the, first, the first of these four movies was released in okay. the 1990s. Well, that definitely it's eliminated one, one of the ones I was guessing. <laughs> and is it specifically for Best Picture? Uh, yes, yeah, specifically for the Academy Award for Best Picture. So... I want to ask for clarification, Andrew. Okay. Would a remake count as another part of a, is like part of a series or not? I'm going to say uh, no. I'm, I'm going to say remake does not count as a part of a series. We're locked in. All right. All right, April, there's only one that I know for sure, and that's Return of the King. Yeah, that was, that was also the one that I know for sure. I think another one is Dark Knight. Uh, well, the third one would be Dark Knight Rises. But. Dark Knight was the second one. No, I know. But is it all part of all Batman movies part of franchise? I think the Nolan one is its own separate thing. Okay. So the other ones I wrote down were Creed, uh, which was the most recent Rocky movie with Michael B. Yeah. Jordan. 
Um, that was a really good movie, and, and I could definitely see it being nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. <laughs> As a kind of a joke, a little bit, not really. I wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, <laughs> as I think that came out in the 90s, but I'm not sure. It's hard to think of movies that have had three. So I'm thinking, like, did did one of the Mockingjays get nominated? or No, it definitely did not. All right. Not for Best Picture. The source material was pretty weak on that, on the third section there. Twilight. Are there... No. Did there happen to be multiple, more, more than two Mad Max movies? Yeah, there's Mad Max, there's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and then there's the the one that they... Fury Road. Fury Road. I think that got nominated. Did it? Yeah, I think it did. Well, that is a third. Yeah, alright, so that, okay. So we have three. Yep. Return of the King, Creed, and Fury Road. But you said the first one wasn't until ni- until the 1990s. None of these movies are from the 90s. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Um, the only other one that I even have a thought would be Master and Commander. I know that it's a huge, it's like a 28-book series. I don't know if there were any other movies. And I know it was nominated for at least a few things because it won cinematography that year. I only know of one Master and Commander movie, and that's Far Side of the World, and I think that was the only one. Okay. In that case, um, unless we can think of a different... Yeah, unless you got anything else, we should go with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> I can't think of any other, like big movie series that would actually have been nominated. All right. Let's, let's, let's lock it in with the, with the Indiana Jones. All right. So we're going to say, uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, uh, Creed, Indiana Jones and the last crusade and, uh, Mad Max Fury road. Okay. Jonathan, Ben. So I know there was a great answer. Creed is not right. (laughs) (laughs) And here's, I was just about to say why. Because there was controversy that Cre- when Mad Max Fury Road got nominated, I know some people who were like, how in the hell can Mad Max Fury Road get nominated and Creed can't get a nomination? That was part of the Oscar So White um, fuss. Oh, they came out the same year, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> so I remember that clearly. When she said it, I thought, oh, Creed was so good. And then I was like, oh, wait, people were pissed that it didn't get nominated. So Mad Max Fury Road, definitely we said that. We said um, Return, of the King Return of the King was immediate. We said The Dark Knight. And then, yeah, we said The Dark Knight because we say Batman means Batman, all of the Batman movies. So it's like number eight or nine. And then the last one, we couldn't think of anything better. We, were, we started stabbing at Furious, Fast and Furious, Too Fast, <laughs> Too Furious. We, we've said Furious 7 <laughs> as our guess for the fourth one. All right. Well, I had to do some some quick double-checking just to make sure my question source hadn't let me down on this. And indeed, Creed, Creed got a nomination for Sylvester Stallone for Best Supporting Actor, but not anything else. And The Dark Knight, while it got a nomination and a win for Heath Ledger, as well as some others, did not get a Best Picture nomination. We didn't think it did, but it was the best we could do. Would you have counted it as one of the series, though, as like number seven or eight? I don't know. I think I probably would have, just because it was... One in a continuation, but a, a strict uh, purist probably wouldn't. Fair. So I also went to check Dark Knight Rises, and it did not because that was a non- that would have been a no brainer at least for the series. 
Well, I'll go in the order of the two that you both said in common. Mad Max Fury Road is a correct answer. Lord of the Rings Return of the King is a correct answer, and the only one of the four to win. The uh, if, if I said Woody and Buzz would be disappointed. Toy Story. Toy Story. Oh. Oh. Story. I was nominated for Best Picture. I didn't either. I didn't even think about animation. Picture. I believe it won for Best Animated Feature, sure. but it was also nominated for Best Picture. And finally, the disappointing but still pretty good movie, The Godfather Part 3. That got nominated? That was, really? that was in the 90s? Yeah. That was 91. Are you Holy serious? Wow. I, I am. That one out. We both, both, when you said 90s, both Ben and I took Godfather Part 3 and crossed it off of our papers. We, wow. I thought that was in the 70s. No, I didn't think, I, I knew it was late, but because that movie was so panned, I didn't think it would have gotten nominated. Wow. It wasn't well, as good Crusade as the first in, two. The Last Crusade was in 89. I remember damn. we had that in something recently. Damn it, damn it, damn it. And I, <laughs> I think The Last Crusade got robbed. I do but, too. That was a fabulous yeah. movie. But uh, Godfather Part 3. We threw one uh, away. Is your correct answer. Well, we got two. Everybody got two. It wasn't as good as the other two. Everybody got two on that one, so 10 points apiece. All right, going into the second half, it is 80 to 60. Jonathan and Ben have the lead. That is the end of the first half. And before we go on to the second, I want to tell you that today's show is sponsored by Hims, a new wellness brand for men. So what does a quote-unquote wellness brand for men help with? Well, some pretty important stuff, as it turns out. Things like skincare, sexual wellness, and of course, hair loss. Did you know that 66% of men start losing their hair by the age of 35? Oh my God. What sucks about that is that by the time you notice that it's thinning, well, it's thinning. I'm dealing with that right now. I literally just bought new headphones that plug into my ears instead of wearing my old headphones to try and help keep what I have. Because, guys, it's easier to keep the hair that you have than replace what's lost. And that's where Hems comes in. They'll be able to connect you with real doctors from the comfort of your own home to prevent hair loss through the power of science. Science! That's right. There's no snake oil, no sleight of hand. Just prescription strength solutions. Also, there's no waiting rooms. There's no wasted time. The products are shipped directly to you. So how do you do it? You need to go to 4 forward slash trivial. That's 4 F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com forward slash trivial with an L at the end, guys. When you do that, you'll get a trial month of hems for just five bucks while supplies last. And you can get all of the details at the website, forhems.com forward slash trivial. All right, let's get back to the game with the start of the second half. All right. Round four, question number one is in geology. This is my speciality. <laughs> Geology. <laughs> Geology. All right. The German word Inselberg, which you may all recognize recently, <laughs> literally means island mountain for a mountain that seems to rise abruptly from a flat plain. It may be better known in the United States as a Mednadnock, after an American example. Yeah, it's not better known as a Mednadnock anywhere ever by anybody. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Well, I said may. I'm qualifying it. <laughs> in what Green Mountain state would you find Mount Mednadnock? Man, why couldn't you ask for the German translation? I could have given you that. <laughs> <laughs> Reluctant. Because I know you looked it up after the question came up on Learned League. No, I, I knew it before that. All right. All right. Uh, you wouldn't know where the Green Mountains are, would you? Well, 
I presume it's Vermont. Oh, because it's Green Mountain State. Green Mountain. That would make sense. That's the best I got. Yeah, sure. We can go with Vermont. Vermont. We okay. bo- both Ben and I immediately said, "Hey, I, I actually think I'm not sure, but I think like Vermont means Green Mountain, like oh, literally." There. Yeah. So we said Vermont. Yeah. All right, your correct answer. The Green Mountain State is, in fact, Vermont. Nice. As that is the literal translation of the term. Round four, question two. Your category is food and drink. What Italian coffee beverage, typically made with a shot of espresso, cocoa powder, and milk froth, is named for a type of leather and indirectly named for another country? We're locked in. The best thing I could come up with is mocha. Yeah, that's what I was coming up with. Named for another country. It means leather. I'm trying to remember my Italian lessons. What's leather in Italian? I don't know. All I can remember is wool in Italian, and that's Lana. That's amore. <laughs> oh. Those are my Italian lessons. I mean, there are a lot of coffee-related names in of uh, Indonesian islands like Java and right. so forth. What's the What's the connection to? That's what I'm looking for. Green. Yeah, it could be colors. Could be mountains. <laughs> Mount Mocha. Yes. I could use uh, a mountain of mocha right now. That sounds like a board on Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> Mental Floss has a YouTube channel, and uh, Wheezy Waiter did an episode where he went through different kinds of coffee drinks. And I'm trying to go through that list in my head. So, like, what makes an Americano an Americano and things like that? Well, I mean, I worked, I was a barista for like six years. And I can tell you that the only thing that has chocolate in it that also has espresso in it that's, like, commonly sold is a mocha. Yeah. It's not, like, you know, because we're Americans and we just like to be thorough about everything. It's definitely not just the milk froth <laughs> it's definitely just like here is a huge cup of milk there's a little bit of espresso and here's a lot of chocolate yeah so mocha would literally be the just the one that's even vaguely related but there's also a ton of you know lesser known things like the cortado and the cubano and stuff like that that is less common so you just want to go with mocha at least it's a yeah. somewhat logical answer. Yeah. All right. We're going to say mocha. I'm not happy about it. All right. So, Ben, I said I'm about 85, 90% on it. I'm getting less confident. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's comforting for yeah, me. Well, no, well, so, yeah. Her saying she's a barista and going, or was a barista and going through things that had chocolate, I'm like, oh, crap, she didn't name what we said. But when he first gave the ingredients... I immediately said to myself, that sounds like a cappuccino. And when you say cappuccino, you could indirectly take the O out and make it an A, and you got China in the name. Uh, so <laughs> we went with cappuccino. It's a little flimsy. <laughs> Cappuccinos were named for the capuchin monks. Okay. It has nothing to do with China. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's but, indirectly. But I like it. I applaud any any attempt to reach for an answer out of the posterior, personally. <laughs> My answers are always dirty. All right. So in this case, the uh, I looked it up just to be very quick, and mocha comes from a city in Yemen, and cappuccino comes from the Capuchin monks in China. Uh, the kind of leather is Moroccan leather, 
And the beverage is a maraquino. Ah, uh, maraquino. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't Americano, though, I'll tell you that. Because Ben would look at me like, dude. No, Americano just, is just water and espresso. It, exactly. Yeah. It's the watered-down coffee they give you in Italy when you want American coffee. Yeah, well, that's... Exactly. What The reason that was is when they uh, when the Americans went over for World War II and they were given coffee, they were given this little thing, and they're like, no, I want... I want a cup of coffee. I want a cup of coffee. So right. they're like, so they just added water to it. Yep. That's literally all it is. Yeah, sometimes they'll actually call it a long coffee. Yeah. Because it's literally <laughs> just like stretching out like their condensed espresso. That's interesting. <laughs> All right. Around four, question three, the category is language. What verb relating to lacquer, L-A-C-Q-U-E-R, is also one of the only country names that is an acceptable word in Scrabble? That was an S. Like, what is it? What is this? What? <laughs> Let's lock it in. Man. See, it's not just I'm, me. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say now I don't think it's right. Let's think just a little bit longer. But can you think of any verbs that have to do with that? Oh, uh, no. And you're looking for a country name, right? Country name. We're locked in. All right. Come out in April. <sighs> the only thing I could come up with for this question is the name of the people that live in this country, not the name of the country, and that's Polish, as in Polish. But that's not the name of the country. That's interesting. Yeah, Polish and lacquer. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, the closest I got was Cote (laughs) d'Ivoire. Both of those are better than what we ended up with. (laughs) Those are amazing answers. (laughs) All of these questions have been, you know, translating stuff from other languages. Yeah. Translating from Italian, translating from German, and then translating whatever this country name is that's related to lacquer. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I would totally see this being a translation of French. Um, I don't know any country of shellac or... <laughs> The great country of varnish. Yeah. Yes. I felt pretty good about about Polish and Polish, but he wants the name of the country. Yeah. You can't Egypt something. Can you Timor anything? (laughs) Timor Lest. I Timored the hell out of that book last night. Yeah. You didn't read last night. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I have no China. Oh, China. It could be China because China, um, it's uh, it, it uh, China dishes. But you you don't uh, you don't verb China. Oh dang it! China the it, hell out of those dishes last night. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely a noun. Yeah, De- definitely one hundred percent. I'm sad now. I'm sorry. No, you're the same person. <laughs> This question brought nothing but sadness and pain. <laughs> so upset. My lady, do the, do the honors and just do do the picking of the wrong answer. Go ahead and China this question. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to Jonathan you in the face. <laughs> That's actually quite pleasant. Ugh. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to pick my name for something, I got to imagine it's going to be good, right? I always think refer to as Jonathan in the answer, but as in pulling it out of your ass. Oh. So. 
Yeah, it's called pulling a Rambo right now. Yeah, pulling a Rambo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poland. Because I still like my Polish answer. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right. All right, so I we we didn't even get to Polish, which I thought is great. And China, I thought was great too, a joke, but seriously. We had no answer to the question at all, so I started digging into the clues maybe for I the connection. Find a connection. I couldn't I found a connection that I felt was very strong. What's that? Other than the translations? Axis powers. The first question was German. The second oh. question was Italian. So the third question would be Japanese. Uh, but Japan, obviously, not the right answer to this question. Nippon it. Right. So <laughs> so that's where it's like, damn it, I want to say Japan, but that's not right. And the other connection I found was obviously coffee. Uh, the first question, Green Mountain, I believe there is a Green Mountain yeah, coffee. Yeah, there is a Green Mountain coffee. Second one was obviously a question about coffee. So the country related to coffee, we went with Java as our answer. So that was what we locked in with was Java. Well, I'm uh, slightly ashamed to say I may have... Uh, slightly overthought both the difficulty of the question and the ease of the connection because a, a way of imitating an Asian lacquer in Europe is to Japan something. No. The answer is what? Japan. No. Axis Powers was your link. Oh, no, Ben. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry I it, made things more difficult wrong. with the coffee. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I am also very, very okay with it. But there's no way I, for us to but know But now you've Japan learned a... something. I've learned something. You can Japan it. I'm so upset because I made the connection and we could have chosen. It was just a 50-50 for us. We were just tossing it, it up. <sighs> In that case, there's the no way The connection was stronger that. for the Axis powers, though. But there's no that, way for that you to know. That coffee connection wasn't bad, though. If you if you don't know that Japan is used as a verb, the Java is just as easy. It sounds like more answer. of a verb to right. me. Exactly. The idea you could Java something versus Japan something. Java does sound more verbish. All right, it's we got to keep v. going. But dead gummit, man. You went with a J though. A J A. Didn't have a choice. At the end of the fourth round, we both got ten points. That round it is now ninety to seventy. All right. Round five, question number one is in art. Okay. When King Louis XIV moved his main living quarters to the Palace of Versailles, his previous housing took on a new purpose. What is the name of that previous housing palace? I can lock it in if you want. Oh, no. Can you Can you give us the answer? No. <laughs> but if you, if you know it flat out, I trust you. So I was an art history major. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, go ahead and write that down. Okay, so Ben, we can talk. She's locked. Oh, in. she can talk. We can talk. This is art. Yeah, the Louvre. The Louvre. I, I'm not aware of the Louvre being a palace. It's big as hell, right? I don't know. I've never been there. I've, I thought I've seen pictures of it. I'm, I, I know I'm, it's in. The, I know it's in the heart of the city. I think. I, I'm not aware of that connection. It might be right. Uh, the Bastille was of of was a, a fortress. Yep. Well, it was it was a fort before it was a prison. Right, but it was used as a prison during Louis the Fourteenth. Um, it's an art question, so this has nothing. If it's not the Louvre, is there another museum in in Paris? Because he moved from Paris. There are many museums in Paris. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. There's there's many museums in Jacksonville, but there's none of note. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, <laughs> the comer is great. <laughs> it's okay. Shut up. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, if you're comparing it to the Louvre, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, the Louvre is going to be the best sure. thing, man. 
Fine. All right, we're locking with the Louvre. Louvre. All right, April. It's definitely the Louvre. Yes, the Louvre. Ben. So that's what I was thinking of. I know that Napoleon had filled it with art from his conquests, and oh. that was the first version of the Louvre. I just didn't know yeah. if it was the same time frame. So I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Louvre, but I'm going to trust you. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had been the Royal Palace. And then uh, Louis XIV hated Paris so much. Because when he was a small child, they were attacked, blah, blah, blah. Nobody liked him. So he uh, relocated to Versailles, which Versailles. was his hunting lodge. <laughs> There's lots of political reasons, too. Trying to get the nobles away from the city and yeah. Oh, yeah. exert power over them. By the way, the I'm I'm like halfway through the uh, Revolutions podcast series on the French Revolution right now. It is obscenely good, so detailed, so highly recommended. Andrew's going to give us the answer now. Okay, the answer is the Louvre. Yay! All right, round five, question two. This is mostly for Ben. I was told there would be no math. Oh yeah! I, I thought he was going to say I was told there would be no Detroit Pistons questions. <laughs> <laughs> If I could conjure a good one, I probably would have been a little unfair, but uh, I am going. But this is, in fact, partly a library question, so it might be unfair the other way. Oh, no. The Dewey Decimal System is organized in blocks of 100 for major topic areas. Take the Dewey number for arts and recreation. Nope. And divide this by the denomination of the American bill featuring Ulysses S. Grant. What number do you get? Okay. Well, I know the denomination. I'm hoping you know the Dewey number. <laughs> oh, I, I'm actually a cataloger. <laughs> so I literally, I live in the Dewey Decimal System. Yes. We're locked in. All right. Okay, so the 100 uh, number block mm-hmm. that's for arts and recreations is the 700s. 700s? Yeah, so 700 divided by 50. That is... Um... 14? Four times five is 20. So carry the two over. Yeah, it's 14. 14. And that is what the question is. The Dewey number divided by... By 50. Um, the Ulysses S. Grant yeah. bill. Okay. Then then it's 14. Okay. All right. Jonathan Ben. Man, we are studs. Because we didn't know what the number was. And Jonathan was like, I think it's either 400 or 700. I was like, I don't really know. And then we were saying, well, what's the connection to the first question? And I knew immediately, okay, I'm, I want to focus on 14 for a math question because it was Louis the 14th. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it backwards. 50 times 14 is 700, which was one of the answers he wrote. So we went with 14. The correct answer is 14. Nice. <laughs> that was an amazing poll, you guys, because yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. Elementary school, I was telling Ben, in our library, in elementary school, and I spent a lot of extra time in our library. Yeah, I had to learn school. the card catalog in elementary school. We had the, the numbers posted in the sections, and so that's why I was like, 400, 700, there's something about those numbers. One of those, I feel good, and then the connection. She got them with 400, though. But the, the, the connection yeah. pulled us <laughs> to the other. It was like, okay, what do we have from question one that might make a difference? Oh, and I wrote down 14th. It was art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the um, 792.6 was the one with games, like card games and everything. So that's the section we always rated at the library when I was in school. Nice. That's the one I definitely remember. All right. Uh, round five, question three. Your category is history. What U.S. senator and former governor from a deep state 
deep, sorry, deep south state, not CIA deep stuff. State. From the deep state. Oh. <laughs> you got a real over here. What U.S. senator and former governor from a deep south state was assassinated by Carl Weiss in 1935. Again, what U.S. senator and former governor from a deep south state was assassinated by Carl Weiss in 1935? You want to know the state? I want to know the senator and governor oh. and former governor. Ben is telling me we have to leave the room to discuss this. You leave your phone on My here. phone is here, okay? <laughs> you guys exhausted? We yes. know what we want to say, but we're getting it wrong anyway, but we're locked in. We know, we know, we know the person we're looking for. We don't know his last name. Deep State Turkleton. <laughs> <laughs> we're the Turks. What? We're the Turks. <laughs> Did you lock in with that? No. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're locked in. All right, April Carmella. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, it's probably the Fourteenth State. So, it, I mean, if we're talking about Deep South, if we're talking about places like Alabama or Mississippi, it's not Mississippi, I don't think, if we're talking about 14th state admitted in. But I don't know any old governors from the 30s. Been to Alabama once. <laughs> Technically twice. I, I I don't leave San Francisco if I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that his name was Louis Deep State. Yeah, yeah. Louis okay. Deep State. <laughs> is that your is that your final answer? Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Jonathan Ben. So Ben and I had to leave the room because Ben wanted to remind me. We've had a question about this dude like in the last six months at uh, Southern Grill where we play trivia. And at the time, Jonathan, you screwed up. And Oh, you, so it's your fault. Yes. It was on a final question and we were trying to name the order of when people had been assassinated and I mixed up the first name we believe is Huey. And I mixed up Huey Newton, who was a founder of the black Panthers. I, I was thinking <laughs> it was him and not this person, which is Huey something else. And we can't remember Huey something else's last name, but the 14th state was Kentucky. And this person was from Kentucky. We went with Huey Sanders because Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we could do. Are you sure it's not well, Louis Louis from Louisville? Lu- Huey Louis. <laughs> well, we thought about Huey Lewis. Uh, it is hip to be square. We thought about Huey. Uh, lots of Hueys, but we could not think of Huey's last name, and we went with Huey yeah, Sanders. Huey. Well, you were right on the first name. It is a Huey. And the intended theme was Donald Duck's nephews. Huey, Dewey, Huey, and Louie. Dewey, and mm. Louie. Oh. Not uh, 14. But, but the, oh, God, you guys lucked out with 14. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. That was okay. an impressive, non-intentional. <laughs> you unintentionally connected those, dude. Yes, 14th and 14. That's a connection that whether you want it or not. I, it was. Uh, the gentleman you're looking for in this case, I don't know if he was gentle or not, but his name was Huey Long. Long! Mm. God dang it! And what state was he from? Louisiana. Louisiana. Eh, not Kentucky. It didn't help at all. Oh, well. All That's right. what happens Round when you six. follow a false, uh, a false uh, connection. It, it didn't hurt us, though. Didn't help us. You, got the con- you did get the connection, although inadvertently. At the end of round five, we both got 20. So the score after the fifth round is 110 to 90. Yay! All right. Round six. Question one is in music. Music. 
often called the best live rock album of all time, including, by yours truly, Live at Leeds, was recorded in 1970 by what quartet? I should say, well, it's rock, so rock quartet. We're locked in. Okay. Well, 1970. Yeah. So it's not the Beatles. Uh, They stopped touring many years before that, so they wouldn't have had a live album. Also, they broke up in, like, 1969. Do you think it's The Who? Could be The Who. That was Pete Townsend, known for smashing up his guitars. I could definitely see them doing a a concert and having, like, one of their major concerts be in Leeds. Yeah. Well, I was also thinking about, I know the Rolling Stones did a live album, but I can't remember the name of the title. And I think there are four people, pretty sure. I'm trying to think of how many people are in The Who. Because I like that answer. I, I like it by Rolling Stones because I really can't think of what their live album was. Yeah. I just feel like it's the answer. But I don't have thunder. <laughs> I, no, I, I totally get it. I actually like it a lot, though. Um, so I think we should go with it. I, I think we should go with The Who. All right. Okay, locked in? Yep, locked in. Benjamin. So John was like, I don't know. Uh, I So then I said, okay, I know that the Beatles broke up right around 1970. I remember reading about that. So we said it would be unlikely that... Well, first thing we said was Leeds was definitely um, something from UK, Great Britain. So we're we're looking for a band that was British. And we're like, well, obvious answer... There will be the Beatles, but they broke up right around that time. So it'd be unlikely that they will be recording live music at that time. So then the next one we went to was Rolling Stones, because that that was right around the time. Jonathan was saying they had a string of hits right around that time. And that was kind of the peak of their pop, one of the peaks, of their popularity. So we went with and locked in the Rolling Stones. Okay, so this band with four members several years later released an album called Quadrophenia, representing their four members. That band is the Who. Yay! Yay! When they said The Who, I said to myself, oh, that's a good answer. I knew they were right. <laughs> Didn't think about it. The Who, I was listening to The Who the other night, just like running down a, a top songs thing, and they just kept having good song after good song, and I'm like, <laughs> man, The Who is good. <laughs> uh, Look up this album. It's a good one. I will. And their live cover of Tattoo is fantastic. All right. Uh, round six, question number two. Your category is science. Science. Contrary to popular belief, a Scottish inventor, a particular Scottish inventor, did not invent the first steam engine. He instead improved it to the point of practicality, notably producing an engine that yielded rotary motion and therefore was more useful for vehicles. What was his name? Ben, I know it. Okay. We're locked in. Carmella. Uh... (laughs) Angus McHaggis. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't know April. I'm like thinking of so many other scientists that are not of the mechanical engineering variety. Yeah. Like, you know, like Davy or Faraday <laughs> or other. UK blend type people who did not do this. The the name James is kind of coming to me, like as a last name. I'm totally uh, okay with that if we can't think of anything else. 
thinking of Eli Whitney now for no reason. I'm pretty sure Eli Whitney was American. Yeah, it invented the cotton gin, but and which has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. But uh, just oh, train of thought. <laughs> yeah, kind of throwing out names and hoping that something sticks. I am okay with James if we can't think of anything. So, James. Okay. Okay. So, if you ask me about steam engines, I don't know this person is Scottish. I don't know much about the person at all. But for me, steam engines equals Fulton. So we locked in with Fulton. Okay. I think Fulton was American. Oh, Jesus. Help me, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and James is this man's first name. Uh, His full James name James? was James James Watt. Oh, oh God. No, I didn't. James Watt. I, would, I wouldn't have gotten yeah. that. I thought, I thought I Fulton was who you were Watt. looking for. Man. Oh. oh, well, at least we didn't waste time because okay. we weren't going to get that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I hope you've been paying attention to the previous two clues, if it helps you for the third. Question three in round six is television. In the classic Canadian-produced Nickelodeon-aired series, You Can't Do That on Television, what three-word phrase, when uttered by a cast member, resulted in them being drenched in green slime? Again, in the classic Canadian-produced Nickelodeon-aired series, You Can't Do That on Television, what three-word phrase when uttered by a cast member, resulted in them being drenched in green slime. We're locked in. You guys grew up with Pokemon and that kind of stuff. I grew up with you can't do that on television. Yeah, I was, Double Dare was the uh, oh yeah, sure. was, was, yeah. what was on when I was a kid. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that it's going to be something like who and what and maybe where. I was going to go with why. Hmm. But but we're in the same Yeah, we're in area. the same, you know, five W's yeah. grammar rule thing. Yeah. But three word phrase. Where am I? Why can't I? When Who that? do I? <laughs> Any of these phrases mean anything to you? <laughs> Well, the only reason I'm really leaning towards who, what, and when is because when you're thinking about something, you're thinking about who it is or what it is and when it was. Okay. But do you really just say who, what, when? I mean, <laughs> as just like a phrase <laughs> or any of those? I mean, I really do think it's in that in that field, but... Yeah, but what's the three-word phrase? Yeah. Because I'm totally down with, with when. I don't know. Why don't you... Where am I? I'm fine with with where am I? Where am I? Okay. So we're going to say we're going to say where am I? Okay. So I knew the answer from the you can't do that on television, but then the connection became much more clear. The connection is who's on first, what's on second. I don't know. Third I base. I don't know. So the answer <laughs> is I don't know, and when you say that, you would get drenched with green slime. That makes a lot. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I gotta say, you said it the phrase three or four times, and I was really hoping you'd settle on that. I know. I, I heard him. <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, don't say it." Had to keep a poker face for that one. Yep. <laughs> the correct answer is, I don't know. Third base. Third base. <laughs> All right. After the end of the sixth round. The score has maintained its uh, its difference pretty much the whole second half. It is 120 to 100. Ben and Jonathan are in the lead going into the gauntlet. 
And the gauntlet category is going to be... Three Steps to Victory. Of course it is. Of course it is. All right. So our wager is locked in. All right. Your gauntlet category is Three Steps to Victory. And I'm going to read all three questions. And you can lock in your three answers. And then we'll, because they're thematically linked in the same way the other ones were. Uh, and then we'll do them all at once. Okay, question number one. What agricultural product has varieties including Cascade, Mosaic, and Citra? Again, what agricultural product has varieties including Cascade, Mosaic, and Citra? Spell Citra, please. C-I-T-R-A. Three steps to victory. Ready? Yeah. Question number two. The skip is the leader of a team in what sport? The skip, S-K-I-P, is the leader of a team in what sport? Writing down to my Lou. <laughs> my darling. And number three. Jump and Hot for Teacher are two songs from the album 1984, which was Diamond Certified and produced by what band? All right. Is that everything we're getting? That's everything you're getting. Okie dokie. <sighs> okay. Uh, and how, how specific, when you say sport, uh, how specific are we talking about? Is it the name of the type of, of activity or game, or is it the name specifically of the, the I don't know. I'm not, I don't know how to, what I'm trying to say without giving a bunch of stuff away. So Tell you what, I'm looking for the general name of the sport. If you give me something that's specific but could only apply to that sport, I will accept it. Okay. Okay. You're locked in. We're, our answers are locked in. All right. Let's go through them uh, one at a time, Andrew. All right. So question number one in the gauntlet. What agricultural product has varieties including Cascade, Mosaic, and Citra? Jonathan and Ben. So we locked in with hops. Yeah, we H-O-P-S hops. Yeah, we H-O-P-S were thinking about hops. The, the, the grain, whatever it is that, that grows. Yep. All right. All right, Bill and Carmela, what was your answer? Uh, we said hopper, which is a machine. <laughs> so. Hops and hopper. <laughs> Question number three, uh, Jump and, and Hopper Teacher are from what band? Jonathan and Ben. Van Halen all day long. Yep. We also said Van Halen. And question number two, the skip is the leader of a team in what sport? Jonathan and Ben. So we didn't debate too much because neither one of us knew this offhand. I was proposing a crew or sculling, and we ended up settling by going roll, uh, rowing. Uh, we went with the skipper angle, skip being short for skipper. So we said rowing. Yep. So we were going back and forth. And we, between crew and what we actually went with, which was curling. Because of the secret Canadian angle. <laughs> oh, which is not curling. Man, if it's curling, no. I am going to be so irritated because I miss every curling question. <laughs> and he works for a hockey team, so you know he thinks about ice a lot. Right. Well, that's technically true, but uh, well, we'll get to the answers now. So first of all, number three, it is indeed Van Halen. Yay. Woo. Yay. And just to, to end it right now, of course, the theme was hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, ben so. got that like instantaneously. He's yeah. like, the answer to number one is going to be hops. I'm like, why? He's like, look <laughs> at this. Uh, uh, uh. 
Question number one, the answer is hops. Good job, Ben. I I cannot accept hopper because it's a machine. Yeah. And question number two, the answer that I have in mind is, in fact, curling. Oh. I'm I'm thinking about rowing, and um, the leader of a rowing crew is, uh, if there's any of those, is the coxswain. And if it's a another kind of a boat, that would be full skipper, like on a yacht. Uh, so I cannot accept rowing as a as an answer. Curling is the one I will accept. <laughs> I didn't even think. Oh. I, didn't, I was thinking about uh, something you use on a farm, not something that comes off a farm. I never. Yeah. Was, I was a million years away from curling. Oh. It never even entered my mind. Me, me either. Curling's a great sport, man. Sure. I was- one of the few where you can drink and smoke at the same time as playing. Oh, God. Okay, so we both missed something. Yeah, we both but missed But collectively, something. you got it all correct. Oh, well, good for <laughs> us. Good With for us. With our powers us. combined. If only that all were right. the rules. Now, it's going right. to come down to wagers. Carmela and April, you had 100 going into the gauntlet. What did you wager? Uh, one with an old standby, which actually worked out mathematically for us. 42. 100 minus 42, you're going to finish today's game with 58 points. Hooray! So, Jonathan and Ben had 120 going into the final. As long as they bet less than 62 points. Which you probably did. You're going to... No, but we're going to win. Sorry, I got confused for a second. Um, <laughs> as, lo- as long as we bet less than, less than 62 points, we win. Right, Ben? That's right. We bet 81. We did. We went for the lockout. Oh. And uh, I obviously. We both agreed on that. And you know that I like to change wagering strategies every now and again to mess. I never would have thought you'd do that. So we went. Yeah, well, in the future, remember, I will. Uh, (laughs) We wanted to go aggressive since we were getting all three clues at the same time. We thought it'd be easier for you to get it right. So we wanted to have a big bet. To, to lock you out. So we finish with um, 39 points. Final score is 58 to 39. April and Carmela are the winners. Yay! Good job, guys. Well played. Well played. Congratulations. Oh, ben. Ben, ben, ben. I got a great job, everyone. I was on fire today. You I, really were. I actually felt like I was a decent trivia player today. You contributed. I did. You really did. You absolutely did. For sure. Now watch me suck the next game. So. Well, hey, you're on my team again, so don't suck. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you guys have time while we uh, read a review or two? Bring it. Sure. Okay. We're going to uh, start off with a longish review by Quirky R. Quirky R says, Trivial Warfare is my co-pilot. While the hosts may be located in Florida, Trivial Warfare has been traveling up and down the northeast coast with me on many a business trip. I travel between Massachusetts and North Carolina for work, often driving myself, and I'm quickly becoming a super fan. My greatest sadness about this podcast is that I didn't find it sooner. When traveling with my fiancé, I have strict instructions not to listen to the newest episode until we both get into the car. Since I have such a horrible poker face, it really does require me to abstain from listening. I think the show keeps getting tighter, funnier, and the difficulty level is a welcome change from other podcasts. I enjoy the various hosts, contestants, and the diversity of voices represented. While Jonathan and Chris are both delightful, Carmela and Ben keep the show grounded and diverse. I am quite sure it will be through Carmela or Ben that Jonathan wins in Boston next year. Aww. 
They are very good at creating trivia content not often covered by other podcasts. Keep on keeping on. Rebecca Quirk. Hashtag Team Carmella, Team Ben. Thank you. Awesome. That was lovely. Yeah, Ben will never be a route to victory in any geek bowl. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Something we learned from you might help us win. That's true. So we'll give you credit for that. We have a review by uh, Phil Abscond. Nope, nope, that's wrong. Sorry. By Phil Abscott. <laughs> Abscond, Abscond. Abscond, Phil. Absconded with his name. Uh, Phil Abscott says, helps me and makes me laugh. The show has got me through so many down moments in the last few years. I binge listen, hear the same banter, and still feel better. Thanks so much. Phil, thank you, my friend. That is, we're, we're so glad to uh, play any role in making you feel good. And lastly, we have the best trivia podcast, period, by Filmmaker123. They say, I don't usually write reviews, but after my wife and I lost power and internet with Hurricane Irma, we were glad we had 14 episodes of Trivial Warfare downloaded. A lot of fun and a great way to keep your trivia skills sharp before my night at the bar comes around again. We look forward to a new episode every week. That was Filmmaker123. Thank you so much. Thank you. We also have some promotions to announce in the Trivial Warfare Army. This week, we start with new captain, Katie Rainey. Thank you, Katie. Uh, we also have a new couple that have signed up as captains. It's Dan and Samantha Hartman. Thank you, Dan and Samantha. Uh, Kelly Pendleton is joining us as a new private. Thank you, Kelly. And John Donaldson has joined us as a new lieutenant. Awesome, John. Thanks. Here's a big one. Joe McGee has joined us as a new colonel. Wow. Thank you, Joe. I haven't seen you uh, hanging out on the Facebook group yet. I hope you, uh, if you're on Facebook, I hope you search for Trivial Warfare Army and join us there so we can get to know you better. And uh, we also have another new lieutenant. Uh, Michael Coffey has joined us as a lieutenant. Thanks, Michael. And last but not least, Bill Midwood has joined us as a captain. Thanks to all of you guys, you are fabulous. If, uh, if you love the show and you want to support it the same way that these fine people have, just go to TrivialWarfareArmy.com and uh, figure out where you'd like to sign up. All right, guys, before we go, I do like to give everybody a chance to um, either do some shout-outs to people they love and care about or promote something they're doing or um, mention a cause that they care about. So, April, we will start with you. Is there anything that you'd like to say? Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks, you guys, for the amazing trivia show that you do and, uh, Andrew, for some awesome questions today. But I would want to say, again, just go visit your public libraries because they are highly underutilized resources. And, uh, yeah, you don't have to donate to your library. Just use it. Just go. Go to a program. Go check out some books and some DVDs. It'll be it'll be good for you. It's a great quiet place to go and get some work done when you need to get away from distractions. Also true. And a uh, special shout out to April for doing this entire show inside of her car. Inside of her car, <laughs> starting at 7 a.m. in the morning. Yes. Thank you, April. Great job. You are welcome. All right, Andrew. Well, uh, first, thanks for having me on and uh, and letting me torture you a little bit with some of my Crazy musings. These were really well-written questions, my friend. Mm-hmm. Well Thank done. You. Yes. I get out of the habit of hosting. I used to host a game about 10 years ago. And ever since, um, I think there have been two or three opportunities when I've tried to do something. Um, like I guest hosted at a friend's uh, 
bar trivia once uh, a couple of years ago, and I've been trying to do something online, like a little, like a webcast thing. But the problem is writing questions is is hard and it takes a lot of time. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, so one thing I'm trying right now is uh, all these trivia apps like HQ and all of the HQ knockoffs are writing these very specific kind of three part or three answer questions where you have 10 seconds. And I'm trying to do a little bit on criticizing them or coming up with good ways of writing questions to beat the bots. Cause you know, we, we all want to play these games as human beings. We love it that way. And there are some that are just a little too easy to, to look up. And so I've been doing a little bit of writing on that at uh, a WordPress blog uh, with the very unimaginative name of collab triv supposed to be a pun on collaborative because the idea was people could send me questions because question writing is hard. So if I, that ever becomes a thing worth reading, I'll send out the link to you uh, and yours. And the idea was that maybe we could get something going where the best questions could get read and shared within the whole community, even if there's no uh, mega money prize at stake. There's a little bit of pride in having a community that really appreciates good material. Absolutely. So, so if that ever gets going, I'll make sure that the TWA folks uh, know about it as early as possible. Sounds great. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, that is going to wrap us up. So for Andrew, for April, for Carmela, and for Ben, my name's Jonathan, and this has been another episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia. It's war. Bye, guys. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a Warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, find it at propodcastingservices.com. This game is hard when you're tired. <laughs> yeah, it is. You should try it hungover. <laughs> you, you don't know my life. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> <laughs>